Welcome back to the Loftcast, QPR's official podcast. I'm Ian Taylor from the QPR media team, and today I'm joined by my esteemed media colleague, Paul Morrissey. With Andy Sinton busy elsewhere in his role as QPR's club ambassador, we'll be picking the bones out of Saturday's ding-dong derby against Fulham and looking ahead to this weekend's crucial home fixture against Burton. We'll also be hearing from Trevor Sinclair, and we're joined by this guy. Scored from the spot last week, but Alex Smithies has saved more penalties than he's conceded from in Queen's Park Rangers colours. Real penalty-saving expert. And he's produced yet again. It's a reputation well-deserved. Alex Smithies denying Chris Martin, and they will feel justice has been done. Firstly, Alex, what a London derby it was to be involved in. It must have been pretty special as well. Yeah, it was. I mean, to say it was a the game was a draw. It was quite an exciting game. You know, it felt like that to be to be part of. Um, obviously, it got a bit heated towards the end, um, as, as most derbies do, and um, probably quite an exciting game for the fans. And you know, we 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 fairly satisfied with how we played. And you know, on another day, we might have, we might have beaten them. And the way it started was a carbon copy, really, of what happened at Craven Cottage earlier in the season. The early penalty, and while. That penalty at the cottage was debatable. This one seemed very, very harsh. What were your thoughts on it at the time? Um, at the time, I didn't think it was a penalty, and I've I've watched it back quite a few times, and um, definitely don't think it's a penalty now. Uh, I think Jake Bidwell just ran behind Aluko, and he's he's gone down. It's very soft, but you know, luckily um, justice was done by them not scoring from it, uh, which we were thankful for. In that moment when. The players are all contesting the decision with the referee. The fans are going crazy about the decision. What's going through your head? Because you know exactly what's coming. You need to almost switch yeah. on mentally when there's yeah, chaos I mean, going on around you. When the ref blows for a penalty, they're very. I've not seen them change their mind too often. So um, I just try to let the lads argue the case, and for me, just to get focused on what I need to do. Um, so obviously, I run a few things in, in my routine that tries and puts the player off and tr- tries to do, do what I can t- to obviously not let them score and um, yeah, fully ju- just just to be focused as quickly as I possibly can and um, thankfully on Saturday it went my way again. And while I think everyone would love to know exactly what you do do to prepare for penalties, I think equally QPR fans don't want you to be saying it in, in public what you do, but obviously you've got a great record, you've well, seven penalties out of ten have not managed to hit the back of the net partially since you've joined QPR, which is an incredible statistic. In terms of that focus, getting ready, how do you go about that? I'm not saying what you do to prepare for. Yeah, it's, it's difficult because a lot of people ask me and I don't really like to give too much away because um, it's so important that you, you can make big saves at big times in games such as Saturday when it's a derby and um, it can affect the game. So I try to keep as much of it to, to myself as I possibly can, um, but thankfully, my record's uh, been pretty good whilst being at QPR and long may it continue. One job is going the right way, but you still had a big job on to save it because it was a good penalty from Chris Martin. Yeah, I mean, it, it was quite far in the corner. It reminded me a little bit of, uh, I think it was Grant Ledbitter's one that I saved against Middlesbrough. Um, but unfortunately, the Middlesbrough game, they scored directly from the corner. So as soon as I saved it, I was just <laughs> trying to get the lads to go and set up for the corner. So. Uh, thankfully, they didn't. They didn't do a repeat of the what happened at Middlesbrough, but um, yeah, I would have been pretty frustrated if it had been. 
and it, it was a, an excellent all-round performance again, wasn't it? Tactically, we seem to have it pretty much spot on, very similar to Reading in that respect. Let them have the ball in certain areas, but we were creating a, a lot of chances ourselves. Yeah, I mean, both the Reading and the Fulham games, we've come up against some, some really good opp opposition and they'll play the ball really well, keep the ball really well, and we, uh, we got our tactics perfectly right and executed really well as well because we sort of let them have the ball when, when they weren't a threat, got in behind the ball and um, pounced upon them when, when they, they were sloppy in their half and we could break on them and that's worked, worked well in, in both games and sometimes you, you do play teams that you can't have the ball all game and you have to give away possession sometimes high up the pitch and um, if that's worked for us, that might not be the case every week but um, for those in particular games, you know, that worked. And defensively, we do look quite strong for the possession they had you weren't called into action on too many occasions, apart from perhaps what you'd probably call routine saves from distance that the penalty save, which you could argue is routine no, I mean, as well. Certainly the, the, the Reading game, um, one of the quietest games I've had in a QPR shirt, which is, is quite nice sometimes. Um, and, and Saturday they, they weren't peppering the goal with shots at all, so they only had a couple of chances and as a defensive unit and as a whole team, we, we're stopping teams really well and um, it's just about now, once we've stopped the team, can we go and, and break and get a couple of goals and try and take the lead by more than one goal at some point? We'll be in, put us a, a, in a bit of a more of a comfortable position. Do you feel you're building a relationship now with you've got the, the three centre backs? Do you think a relationship is really starting to develop? Yeah, I mean, I've played quite a few games with um, Grant and Nedham now, so um, we, we know each other's games pretty well. And Phil Lynch have probably played the best part of 150 games with him at Huddersfield, so. That was quite natural in him coming here and us having a good understanding. But you know, uh, the centre backs that we got at the club are fantastic, and you know, it's a pleasure to play behind. And as you've seen, the last few games we've been really organised and really determined to keep the ball out of the net. Do you think Joel Lynch is really growing into his his position now? Not his position, but since he's moved, his injuries prevented him. Now he's playing every week, and he seems to be showcasing what he's all about. Yeah, he's, he's really settled in now and it, it does take a little bit of time and he had a few injuries but now you can see what, what a strong player he is for us and um, he, he dominates so well from the back and sets the standard in how we should all defend and um, you know I think he's, he's playing really well at the moment and I hope his form continues. At the other end of the pitch, Ryan Manning's come in and he's had a whirlwind few weeks making his professional debut, getting his first assist and then against Fulham scoring the opening goal and picking up the man of the match award. Yeah, I'm delighted for Ryan because he's, he's a really nice kid and he's he's worked really hard to get to get what he's got and he's he's finally got that break and he's taken it and he's credit to him really. Obviously, he's got his first goal at the weekend in, in a massive game for us and that'll do his confidence no harm at all and I hope he can kick on now. He signed his new contract, which is well deserves and hopefully he'll you know really be a big big part of our future. He seems very grounded around the place. Do the more senior players make sure that remains the case? Yeah, he's he's quietly confident. You know, he's he's not intimidated by anything, but he's not he's not loud and leery at the same time. So it's a quite a nice way to be as a, as a young lad coming through. He's sort of trying to um, work his way into the game, but he's got he's got the right attitude, and I'm sure that won't be a problem. Fulham scored late on, and it's always disappointing to to concede, I suppose, in, in the final 15 minutes when you're edging towards the end of the game. Disappointing from that aspect. Not a lot you could really do about it. The little flick in front of you. Um, no, I mean, as a team, we, we're definitely disappointed to not hold on. Um, it would have been a tough task to do because we were under pressure and we, we did have to concede possession for quite a lot of the game. But um, on another day, we might have held out for a win or even gone and gone to get a second. But 
that's the way it goes sometimes and um, on the positive side we're keeping the, the, the run of four games going unbeaten um, and we'll definitely look to um, win on Saturday. Four games unbeaten is a great run, particularly after the difficult spell we've had, but also when you look at the calibre of opposition it's been against, particularly in the last two games. Yeah, we've, we've come up against some, some tough co competition and um, although we've been off the back of a, a run of six defeats, which really unsettled the fans and unsettled the players a little bit, and we've had to show some fight to come back from that. And you know, the manager's got his ideas in place now, and people are responding well to that. And you, you can see on the pitch that the performances are picking up, um, and so are the results. Do you think the players are starting to understand what Ian Holloway is all about now? Yeah, of course. Yeah, it, it always takes a little bit of time for um, managers to get his ideas across. It, it can't happen overnight, but. Um, we've worked hard and, and listened to him and he's shown us in a lot of detail what, what he expects and what he wants from us and um, I think we're only going to get better as a team working under him. Burton Albion at home on Saturday, most people in theory would look at that and say well there's an opportunity there for three points for QPR. I remember this conversation occurring prior to us playing Rotherham away so it's important not to be complacent. How do you avoid that? Well, with experience, I've learned that there's absolutely no easy games in this league. If you look at the Rotherham game where we were beaten and everyone expected to win, there's no easy game. Everyone's fighting for their lives in this league and um, to, to pick up points is so difficult. You have to just take every team, go into the game properly and, and, and not expect anything because it'll be a tough scrap on Saturday and you know we'll have to perform like we, we have done in the last four games to, to, to take anything from it. But. We, we expect to do so, we, we hope to do so and we'll, we'll be looking to win. It, you'd imagine it would be a different type of game as well, against Reading, against Fulham, passing side to enjoy possession, Burton potentially will come and set up a lot more defensively. Yeah, tactically it'll be, it'll be different, you know, they, they won't, won't expect to keep possession for the majority of the game and we'll probably have a lot more possession but um, it's what we do with the ball when we get it and equally when we, when we do have to defend, to continue to defend like we did on Saturday. As, as is always the case, during the transfer windows, there's speculation about players coming, players going. You've had an excellent six months, or an excellent 18 months at QPR. People speculating about your future. How happy are you at QPR? No, I'm, I'm very happy. I mean, I've got, I've got, I've got a settled family in, in just outside London and we're very happy. I'm enjoying my time at the club, enjoying, enjoying training, enjoying the games. And, you know, I can't ask for much, much more, really. So, no, I'm, I'm, I'm delighted being here. And you've got a great relationship with the fans as well, which seven penalty saves helps. Yeah, I mean the fans have been fantastic. You know, I love I love going out the first half and the, the singing my name and things like that. You know, it, it really helps, and uh, I just want to try and repair repair their faith that you know they've supported me really well, and uh, I'm very thankful for that. Well, indeed, and here's a chance for Manning, and a moment he will never forget. His first goal for Queens Park Rangers comes on Derby Day. Great to hear the thoughts there of Alex Smithers, who's in absolutely fine fettle between the sticks for QBR at the moment, Paul. Um, it was an enthralling game, wasn't it, that just had almost everything that you'd expect from a London derby. And when Fulham got that early penalty, part of me thought... Here we go again. Here we go again. We've seen it far too often in recent years Especially where loft. it's game over by half-time against Fulham, tragically. And part of me thought, oh, no. Not again. And another part of me thought Alex Smithies will save it, which yeah. is precisely what Joel Lynch said after the game. 
he took it as red. Well, Alex is going to save it, and he was speaking to Jake Bidwell about the rebounds, and you take the left side, I'll go down the middle because he's going to save it. it. They're working almost on the assumption. And I I do get what they mean because he's got that incredible record of seven out of ten penalties not getting past him. Yeah. When... Brighton had the penalty. I was almost surprised he when didn't. they he didn't save it. Yeah. That's that's the level he's he's got to now. But yeah, it was a it, what a derby and an incredible moment for Ryan Manning as well. It was just it was it was a derby that had everything. And even towards the end, when there was the the bust up down by the dugouts, and then on the pitch towards the end as well, it just it Added was to it, didn't it? yeah. And I think. On reflection, you'd probably say a draw was a fair result. And I don't think too many QPR fans before the game would have been disappointed to take a point. Yeah, certainly. Um, four points from six against Fulham this season is a, is a very good return because, for my money, Fulham are certainly one of the better sides in this division. The way they pass the ball is, is really impressive. And Jokanovic mm. uh, has got something there. And you'd expect them to be right up there competing for the playoffs between now and the end of the season. Yeah, you do wonder whether, yeah, in the, in the closing months, it seems to be getting stronger and stronger as the season goes on. And you can see them get, getting into those playoffs. They just don't want to take any penalties against QPR. Three for the season. Um, yeah, we talked about that with Alex Smithers, didn't we? But three for the season. Remarkable that they've missed all three against QPR. The atmosphere itself, though, was incredible. And none more so when Alex did make that penalty save. And like you said, there was almost that expectancy around the ground that really gave us a lift to, to then go on and really take the game by the scruff of its neck before half time. And what I think that is good is that we can see how the team is set out to play now under Ian Holloway. We saw it against... Feels like he's coming together now. Yeah, we saw it against Reading. It worked so well. Let the opposition have those... That type of opposition who yeah. like to enjoy possession of the ball. Let them have it in certain areas, but be prepared to, to deal with them as they progress into the final third. It worked brilliantly against Reading, and for large periods it worked really well and effectively against Fulham. While they had a lot of the possession, outside the penalty, Alex Smith didn't have too much to do a couple of routine saves from distance which which you would expect him to make but apart from that we do seem to look very solid with the three at the back and it's you can't really see Ian Holloway moving away from that too much no very much so I think the 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 back three in there of of Nedham and Nua Joel Lynch and Grant Hall have done superbly but probably haven't got the credit they deserve because people are talking about Pavel and Ryan Mm. and Jamie Mackey coming back into the fray but but those three have been excellent and it was almost a shame, really. I was sat next to Tony Incenzo for Talk Sport, and he was saying that Chris Martin hasn't had a kick. I saw him the previous week against Barnsley, and he completely dominated the game, and he hasn't had a kick. And he didn't really have a kick, and that was credit to the back three and the back five, and then Alex Smithers, and then obviously he poked one home very late on. But for all their possession, like you say, Fulham didn't really create many chances. No, they, they didn't. And I think you're right. Defensively, we're looking a lot more, more solid. solid now. And... People are talking about the, the more creative, exciting players, which is only natural, but there seems to be a base now to build upon. Like we touched on recently on the Loftcast, the only concern w- would be we, we haven't actually got that many centre-backs in the building. Yeah. And we'll talk about the January transfer window shortly, I'm sure, but that's possibly an area for concern. If one of the centre-backs does pick up an injury or a suspension, yeah. it, it might be difficult. I suppose James Perch is an option. There. Perch could slot in there. Stephen Cork is obviously currently sidelined through injury. So you've got two players there that could slot in, but it's whether or not the manager feels that 
It's right, but the, the atmosphere itself, uh, even at the end, were a 1-1 draw. I think there was almost disappointment from both sides mm. that Fulham probably thought that for all their possession, they didn't create enough. QPR would have thought 15 minutes ago, come on, hang on, we can make it four on the bounce. But all in all, like you say, a good result and, and a great atmosphere at the end. Yeah, excellent. That's always a good indicator of, of the level of performance because we conceded a relatively late goal and while that is disappointing the reaction of the supporters at the final whistle towards the players said everything because it was a and a lot of people are saying we've got our Rangers back and I think that's in terms of the not necessarily the performance on a skill level but in terms of the determination the effort the battling the in it together and I mean you don't like to see things spill over but there was one incident towards the end where Ryan Manning was pushed to ground and the reaction of the QPR players, particularly Nader Manure and Joel Lynch, they were straight over to the incident. Togetherness. Exactly. Spirit, and it, character. And Ian, Ian Holloway spoke about that after. We don't want to see that, but if someone's going to push one of my players, I want his teammates to be around him to, to show that he's not on his own. And you've certainly got that. And perhaps have we had that in recent years when there have been, dare I say, a lot of individuals on the pitch rather than a team? Probably not. It was a great day all round. And despite us not getting three points, great to see... Trevor Sinclair and Danny Shittu being the, the latest duo inducted into Forever Eyes. I know you spoke mm. to the pair at half-time and we, sp we spoke about the atmosphere and they got a great reception, didn't they, at half-time? Yeah, and you can see it meant as much to the, the pair of them, the pair of them as, as it did, did to, to the supporters. It was a great reaction that they both got and they both spoke so well and it, it was so genuine and sincere that it did mean a lot to them, which is the, the general feedback we have been getting from the Forever Ours inductees. It does mean a lot to them to have that moment because a lot of players, they spend many years at a club, then they get sold on. They don't yep. actually get that opportunity to, to say goodbye, as people say, to the fans. And having the opportunity to come out and talk to the fans and the fans to have the opportunity to show their appreciation to them is... It seems to be working really well. And while we talk about Forever Ours, there's an event coming up. We announced it uh, on Tuesday, um, so depending on when you're listening to this podcast. Tuesday the 28th of February is your date for your diary. The Stars are 67 night. The Morgan Twins and Mark Lazarus already confirmed. £20 for a ticket, pie and a pint as well. The event goes on from 7 till 9pm and it'll be a chance to look back at that fantastic League Cup final victory of 1967, as well as speak to those guys who played a huge part in that 3-2 victory against West Bromwich Albion at Wembley Stadium. Paul, that's, that promises to be a great event. And I know um, during this week as well, we, we're focusing a lot um, on getting the plans in place for 1967 and all the celebrations that are going to revolve around that 50th anniversary on the 4th of March. And, and you're off to Wembley as well, I believe, later this week to speak to Mark Lazarus about that. Yeah, there's a special lunch that's taking part to mark 50 years of the uh, League Cup at Wembley Stadium. Of course, QPR, the first team to win it at Wembley. Yeah, so and Mark is going to be there and we'll be catching up with him. And I'm looking forward to that because... To actually, inter I've interviewed Mark a few times over the years, but to interview him at Wembley Stadium, I think will be extra special because I would imagine for him, every time he goes there, okay, the stadium has changed vastly, what but comes flooding back. To, to be back there, the, the memories must come flooding back, and it'll be great to get his recollections of not just the goal, but the day, the celebrations, the the lead up to it. I mean, I mean, you know, we're we're looking 50 years on, and it seems that the whole club is building up to what should be a, a special occasion, well, a special 
period really because we've got the 67 event and then building up to to more over the, the coming weeks yeah very much so speaking of anniversaries we caught up with trevor sinclair at saturday's game in a week that marks 20 years since his spectacular overhead kick against barnes what can maddox do with it he's delivered deep towards sinclair what a goal trevor sinclair 3-1 to qpr and that is a goal that you will see time and time again the perfect overhead kick an absolutely sublime finish from Trevor Sinclair. Trevor, incredibly, the 20th anniversary of that goal against Barnsley. Does it seem like 20 years? It doesn't seem like 20 years. Come on, two decades. Wow. Um, absolutely shocked that it's 20 years. But it's, you know what? It's, it's so, so um, humbling that everyone still remembers it. Um, obviously, it speaks for itself. And um, yeah, I'm glad to be here in and around the anniversary of the, the, the time it was scored. Incredibly, the commentator said at the time of the goal, they'll be talking about this in 20 years' time. That's precisely what we're doing. The QPR players have been looking at the goal, talking about it. Some of them didn't even know about it. Incredible, incredible. I can't believe that. Yeah, no, listen, it's one of them different generations of football. Um, some of the lads haven't seen it. I was quite surprised, obviously, being at QPR. But it's one of the things, there's so much um, football on TV nowadays, so it can be missed. Great to hear Trevor's views on that goal. The greatest goal probably in QBR's history and probably of all time. It's right up there, isn't it? Um, especially you look at the last few weeks, everybody's talking about Andy Carroll's fantastic um, overhead kick for, for West Ham United. There's been many great goals this year already been scored. Um, in the Championship and in the Premier League and in the Champions League, but Trevor Sinclair's goal, that is right up there, isn't it? Yeah, and it's the bicycle kick, isn't yeah. it? It just looks absolutely and the brilliant. Yeah, you know, 20, 25 yards from goal. And I know you spoke to a few of the players, didn't you, here at Harlington earlier in the week, and it was remarkable because we've grown up with that goal as of many other QBR fans, but there was, there was a few in the QBR camp that had never seen it before. No, I was absolutely Staggered. stunned by that. Staggered. I could not believe it. There's, there was one point where... Um, James Perch and Michael Doughty came through and I was explaining just want to get your views on Trevor Sinclair's overhead kick I'll show you on the laptop and Michael Doughty hadn't seen the goal and James Perch was as stunned as I was and we were both saying how have you not seen the goal it's an iconic and then Michael Doughty being the media savvy guy he is pretended he had seen the goal because he thought it would look bad for QPR fans it does look if bad he did. well there you go Mike it does without look bad you. Paul without Morris has outed you, outed you on but the he, he wasn't the only one um, Mas Luonga hadn't seen the goal before Matt Ingram hadn't seen the goal before and I think are we showing our age Paul? I, I know that's what I thought <laughs> I thought how can you not have seen the goal and I thought well you know I haven't seen many many goals from the 60s and 70s, Very so, so. It's, it's tragic. Let's move on. Let's hope there's uh, a similar goal to that this weekend when Burton come to town. Burton, the side that um, we've drawn already with this season. We drew at their place, didn't we, earlier in the campaign uh, under Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank against his former club. But a Burton side that are, are slipping down the division at a bit of an alarming rate heading to Loftus Road this weekend. They've lost eight of their, nine, of their last nine games and within that they've won one the QPR cynic in me will say well "Well, this is all set up (laughs) this is what I'm building towards Ian they've lost eight of their last nine the only game they've won is at Rotherham yeah and that is our warning right there yeah very much we went to Rotherham Rotherham couldn't get a a win and of course they got it against us so that's the only concern and a point you raised earlier it's going to be a very different style of game isn't it yeah very much so because certainly in the last two games we've 
not invited the opposition onto us, but given that Reading and Fulham both keep the ball as well as they do, that was a tactic, and it was a tactic that worked. But the emphasis um, will probably be on us to come out and set the tone very early on in this game on Saturday, which does provide a different conundrum altogether for the, for the starting eleven than the players that, that Oli picked. So it will be a difficult game. Um, Can you not, see him changing the formation? If it ain't broke, don't fix mm. it. But, yeah, they, there's an argument there that um, a five when you're playing against, a five at the back when you're, or a three, depending on how you, on how you look at it, but that sometimes probably works when you're expecting the opposition to have a lot of the ball. I think Fulham had 74% of the ball. Um, but Ollie made a very good point in saying they had all that possession, but they didn't really break through our defensive line and create a number of chances as a result of that possession. Yeah, I think the emphasis will be on QPR. Do I think we'll change formation? Probably not because it certainly worked. But you know with a side like Burton, it's a big game. They'll know, yeah, we're only eight points clear of the drop zone. They're obviously banging it at the minute. Um, they'll see it as an opportunity to come and upset us. And it'll be interesting to see what their reaction is because it was only at the weekend they slipped into the bottom yeah. three. Psychologically, that's a big thing. Completely. And yeah, they, they will probably look at this and say, you know, QPR aren't that far above the relegation zone. There is an opportunity for them to, to get their, themselves going again for the, the tail end of the season. One thing I can guarantee that you're not going to get much of uh, in the next couple of days is sleep. Because if you look at how busy the schedule is, it's a home game on Saturday, uh, transfer deadline day on Tuesday, Newcastle away on Wednesday, Blackburn away the following Saturday. It's a hell of a week coming up, a very important week with three games coming up. But also the, the end of the transfer window, what are your thoughts heading into that? What do we need? What don't we need? Well, Ian Holloway has said ideally he'd like to bring in as many as three, hasn't he? So I wonder how much of that is towards the remaining six months of this season and how much of it is already With one bedding eye looking in ahead. and preparing for the 2017-18 campaign, which it, when was the last time QPR were really in a position to be doing that? Yeah. Where hopefully, all being well, we, you know, we're not going to go down. We're not going to go up. It, it looks like at the moment we're relatively stable in the championship. So he can start looking towards next season and building. And wouldn't that be great to have that level of preparation for the following season how busy will we be over the next couple of weeks that's the that's the big question we'll certainly be busy on match days that's for sure with all these games coming up you look at those three games i know we're, we're we don't really like to make predictions on the loftcast um given that we're employees of the club but what would be a what would be a good return from burton newcastle blackburn are you looking at six minimum do you want two wins or are you looking at five being good i think i think realistically you say burton albion at home you've got to be looking to win that game Newcastle away is going to be very difficult but <laughs> if it's anything like the game at Loftus Road <laughs> I'll tell you one it thing it'll be, be a damn sight colder at St James's Park than it was on that bl yeah. belting hot day we had uh, earlier in the summer when we played them at, at Loftus Road and then like you say yeah, we Ewood were all Park, sweating but I don't know if that's because of uh, all the, the wrong reasons what was on the pitch and then Ewood Park on the Saturday which again is a, is a big game because Blackburn have picked up despite results not suggesting as such and they've got a real good run of home games now so they'll be looking to turn the screw at Ewood Park against us would you take six points two wins and a defeat or would you rather keep the win the unbeaten run going and take a win on two draws no I'd rather the six points give me the points any day you've been listening to the Loftcast with me Ian Taylor and Paul Morrissey we'll be back very very soon 